sugar boy. You're getting rough. That poor old tea set is cracked enough. Oh. Oh, all right, let's start again. Uh, let's start again. Uh, oh, where was I, boy? <laughs> Dwellers, and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library. We have returned again, and this time it's a very special. You're leaving already? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it might be better if I record it over here. <laughs> I was just going to say. Sorry, you're good. It's very special. <laughs> it's a very special opening, or a very special episode, because TC is actually in the room with me. Do, I, where do, do I sit close? <laughs> you sit closer. Do I sit right? You can be closer. This, a little closer. This doesn't feel like 2,500 miles. It doesn't. <laughs> but we can make it be 2,500 miles in our hearts. Hi, Jeff. Hi, TC. <laughs> TC's here. We're both in the same room. There's no audio delay. Mm-hmm. Though mm-hmm. I contemplated us talking with If you delay. want me to... Uh, you, you, uh, if you want you me, you can go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. I am TC, and my my lovely co-host Jeff here. I am quite pretty, and I can turn letters like a boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Is a like a Vanna boss. Vanna boss. That's the kids. That's right? what I, did. Anyone watch Wheel of Fortune? I don't anyone? think anybody watched. It. I but think people play the game in, on their phone. <laughs> in in nineteen six. When did this come out? Nineteen sixty three. We are. What what came? We out are <laughs> this movie. We are. This is why we're never going to do another you know, one of these. If anyone clicked on this, they saw the title of the episode. <laughs> That's true. So they know. Well, we watched the Sword in the Stone from nineteen sixty three. Nineteen sixty three. So I'm sure we'll we'll Wheel of the Fortune. Was surely on in nineteen sixty. Had to be some form of it. I mean, Jeopardy was on in the early sixties. Jeopardy, the greatest yes. game show of all time. Yes, um, because there's no way to cheat. True, you just have to. You can't even cheat from home. <laughs> Siri and Alexa cannot answer the questions fast enough. That's true. You can't be like. Siri, what's the... Oh, I ran out of time. I turned and looked for a second to see if my Alexa was oh, going to turn on. <laughs> the, she did not. The only person who can answer the questions fast enough is Alex Trebek, but that's just because the answers... Right, are right. on the card. That's right. That guy's a cheer. <laughs> I've Nin- never liked him. 1963. <laughs> Three. <laughs> the Sword and the Stone. This, this is... This is an odd experience. Now, see, I, I do another podcast, mm-hmm. uh, The Rewatchman. I don't often plug anything that I do. On we did show. on the first episode. We did, yes. And then I told you afterwards, I hadn't thought of plugging anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for those of you who might um, frequent ghosthat.net mm-hmm. or have followed us elsewhere, you're aware that I do The Rewatchman. And I've only done two episodes mobily in the 100 plus that we've done. And everything is always Ben and I across from each other, or if it's here in town, it's Schulze, it's Jessica. Uh, I often have guests on back in California. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to recording across the table from friends for that show. <laughs> I'm not used to recording across the table from you. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? Like, in, like, for those of you who listen to the AFI podcast for the top shelf, I mean, Lindsay and I never did it remotely. Mm-hmm. We were always this, yeah. wandering right across from each other, which does lend a like a different energy to it than when you're just over the internet just remotely you know when i can't see you because i don't have a webcam so i can't see you talking so it's just all audio there i have a a natural inclination to let people know i'm listening to them Mm -hmm. so when i'm face to face it's a lot of nodding and mm -hmm and and (laughs) but when it's audio there's a lot you know i shouldn't point it out because now people are going to (laughs) notice that i say yeah, like a thousand times. <laughs> this is just the acknowledgement that uh-huh. I am paying attention uh-huh. to I'm, you. <laughs> I don't want you to think we stopped recording. <laughs> yes, we're still going. Uh, except when we forget to hit record. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> hey, see, come on. <laughs> I see the clock running. But this is great. This is great. I'm, I'm happy to be in town. I worked on a production this weekend and able to come visit you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of my happy places. Your, your, oh. your domicile is... A great place. I'm glad that you think so. <laughs> it is a great B&B. We have a great rating mm-hmm, on Yelp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's a not. five. It's a it's a five out of twelve. <laughs> oh, oh okay. we we it's it's not really that good. So not only did we get are we getting to record together, but we got to watch the movie yes, together as well, which was a lot, which is fun, and at the same time, it was very silent because I'm like, I don't want to talk it, about yes, it yes, while we're watching the, the movie together. It's so difficult yep. because any other occasion, if we weren't going to record about it. I would want to make. We even kind of made a couple casual remarks <laughs> into my head. I did. You you engaged me in something. You said something, and I just went. 
Because yep. I didn't want to continue the conversation. Yep. I was like, save it for the cast. Well, and that was the problem with, uh, this small little tangent at the beginning, but that was the problem with Franchise Schmanchise, mm-hmm. the other podcast that I did, that you were on for all the Die Hard movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when, uh, when when Schultz and I did uh, the, the Police Academy films, the first three or four we watched separately, but then the last three or four we watched together, and it was so hard to talk about the movie because we were talking about it the entire time. Wow, it was plain. And then we got to the recording, and this is like, I don't have anything left to talk about. <laughs> Just now. repeat everything we said before. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. That's no fun. But it's, this was, this was still a lot of fun to watch it because I'm, yeah, 18 movies in. It finally it took, it took 18 movies to have a second person on the couch to right. watch these with. <laughs> it's usually just myself. It, I even was going. I was even trying to restrain myself from being overly amused by certain things because our conversations. I've affected your opinion. Yes. I didn't want our viewing to affect your opinion either. <laughs> DC, I went into this movie going, it's the dumbest movie in the world, but because well, <laughs> you laughed four times, I, I am now like in it. love no, with this film. You have never seen it. <laughs> I have never seen this movie. You only recognized one moment. It, it was, was, And I pointed that out, verbally pointed it out. Mm-hmm. It was when uh, Merlin churns Arthur into the fish. Mm-hmm. And the song that he sings when they're first swimming through the moat I knew the lyrics. Yeah, I'm like, oh, like, oh, that's this movie. (laughs) Like the whole moment of him turning him into the into the fish, and like, like Arthur's like little like like animation reaction to doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I know this entire bit. Probably is from. One of those things. It probably days. was, and that's the thing. I was like, I tried, I tried thinking. I'm like, why do I know it? Do they make those Disney sing along videos anymore? I don't think they do, but I think there occasionally is a bonus feature on some of the DVDs and Blu-rays. Oh, surely you can watch Frozen with the sing along version. You can watch Beauty and the Beast with the sing along version. So it they, is something they release with the Blu-rays that they have. Just so that's like the closest I'm assuming it gets. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just no. I don't think they actually make like those. I feel like a greatest hits kind of video <laughs> yeah, doesn't exist anymore. It's uh, yeah, I guess because you have YouTube and and you probably could go to the Disney site and watch those, and watch but, those clips nowadays. Uh, but yeah, so you recognize that, but you didn't reckon you didn't know anything else. Anything here. else? I did not know. Like I know of Madam Mim, mm-hmm. but I did not know Mad, she was. Mad, 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 Mad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know she was from this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Um, oh, there was one other thing. I'm trying to remember what the other one was. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. Perhaps you recognize some of the animation. I did recognize some, some of the animation. There's some recycled animation from this. We'll see it in Jungle Book, actually. There's some recycled animation in the movie. <laughs> right. We see we see Bambi's mom. Bambi's mom. Uh, we Oh, and um, uh, who is it? Kay? Mm-hmm. He, his animation, they recycle his eating animation two times in that opening sequence, uh, or out of the opening sequence, the second one where they're back at the castle. Right. He eats the chicken leg and the first time you see him, and then they reuse him eating and him finishing a second we, time in that sequence. <laughs> we are still in the, the Xerox era. We're still in the uh, penny-pinching era mm-hmm. of, of Disney. We Now... I, we we called this the golden age because it kicked off with Cinderella, right? And there are some classics in here like uh, uh, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, but you can see the effects of those failures in Hundred One Dalmatians in in now Sword in the Stone here, yeah. Because we still had those those very paint outside the lines backgrounds that right. we saw in Hundred One Dalmatians, as well as the very solid colors with very little shading on the characters themselves, which comes from Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. and the angular styles to the trees and whatnot. Right. Well, there was even some spots where you could still see the pencil lines, not an artistic pencil line. Like they didn't completely erase the pencil lines mm-hmm. on Merlin in one of those opening sequences. When he's talking, you can see the, the circular yeah. guidelines that they had drawn on his face coming through the paint. And it wasn't all the time. It was just there. And I knew it wasn't an artistic decision. There's that was a- just, they they didn't prop, they didn't completely finish it. They they left it in. Okay, it yeah, happened. Well, they, they had to work with what they had. Yeah. Right? Uh, but there's a charm to that. There's something I, I, I genuinely miss in most modern animation is the life that the hand to paper brought mm-hmm. to animation of the past. We're still going to get a hand-drawn animation for decades with, yeah. these, with these movies, so we're not going to be for lack of it anytime soon. Right. But by comparison, if you want to look at The Simpsons now versus The Simpsons when it was created. Right. Granted, The Simpsons has come a long way, but uh, I'd suggest if uh, those listening are interested in seeing the dramatic difference, you, you know the difference. You've seen The Simpsons change over the years, but really go, f- you can find it on YouTube. 
there's a side-by-side comparison of the original opening credits, mm-hmm. hand-drawn, versus the opening credits now. And a lot of those real dramatic, cartoonish takes, the ha- Marge's hair whipping around, right. is now very computerized and digitalized. Right. So the, the pencil drawings on in this animation, which is sloppier than 101 Dalmatians, yes. has a charm to it. And and uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy that that you can see the 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 animation technique. It, and it ha- it definitely it had a charm to it. It definitely had it gave the the characters more life. I would have to say, and more kind of just mobility to them. They mm-hmm. weren't they weren't very stiff and and poised because they 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 did. They allowed them to have that flowing motion. And Merlin is so anim uh, yes. just so just so. He's anim- uh, he's animated. animated. I was like, I keep going in my head. I'm like, animaniac? That's not it. <laughs> he That's is not an, the word. He is an, a maniac. <laughs> he is a maniac. But he's so animated. Just every bit and piece of him ha- like moves. There's something constantly moving yeah. on Merlin in every given spot, and you can tell that that is coming out of what you said that hand drawn animation style. Uh, I I don't partic- nothing popped out at me. I don't think Merlin had any repeat animation. No. I think a lot of the TLC for the characters and the this movie itself went into Merlin. I think this is a forerunner to Genie. Yes. The the what they were able to do to play with Merlin and what they were what he was allowed to do yep. with his his omniscience to centuries of information right. and whatnot. The it is that out of place pop culture yeah. character. That's like how, why, there's no reason why he would know. Well, no, because he's a magician. He's well, a, he's a and, wizard. That's and what he does. From the lore that this is based upon, because this is best based on T. S. White's The Once and Future King series, mm-hmm. uh, the first book in particular, Sword and Stone, which is a, a classic piece of literature, but actually a little difficult to get through. I've I've read just the Sword and the Stone uh, f- several years ago, and it's. It's good, but it's it doesn't have the charm of this by a mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, Merlin in the classic Laurel uh, lore <laughs> lore <laughs> ages in reverse. He's he's experiencing time backwards. Okay, that's and that is affects his his uh, memory. And he he that the the nod to that is when he wakes up in the tower and he's like, what, what, Archimedes, where are we? Oh, don't you even remember the boy?" <laughs> so this is not a a really great translation of T.S. White's Once and Future King. But it's, it actually, if you want to complain about it, it's a very, very great Disney-fied version of that Once and Future King. Which I feel like is what Disney does well. Yeah, yeah, they make they, their, Disney, their Disney version of, of the films. Mm-hmm. But it still has a lot, a lot from the book, turning him into a... a uh, he gets turned into a bird, he gets turned into a squirrel, and he gets turned into an ant. In the okay. Book. If I if I'm remembering, those are the three animals, not the fish that we see in this. Though um, I feel like a fish if by having those three animals, because it's very much so. It's it's land, sea, and water. Yes. It's that just the three locations that he goes, and it 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 fits. I guess in my head, it, it makes more sense that it's a fish instead of oh, an of course, ant. certainly. <laughs> I, I, you're right. <laughs> so it's like one of those few changes Disney makes. That's like, oh no, no, that actually makes a lot more sense that they made him a fish instead. They they simplified the story. Uh, Robin Hood is in Once and Future King. Oh, the, really? The T.S. White book has Robin Hood in it. Interesting. Yes. And uh, they, so they simplified the story. They they simplified the animation. Something that, that was missing in this that was quite noticeable is in all the movies we've seen so far is no ensemble, no crowds. Yeah. There, there's some there's crowd matte paintings and whatnot. Right. But even the, the tournament... Oh, someone's pulled the sword from the stone. It's a sword and stone. You saw like six guys. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. That was all that there was for people. And it was certainly a, a method of, of pinching pennies for that, uh, for the film. Because even the wide establishing shots of London was a very plain, kind of just low-key, drawn version of the city. Right, it they, wasn't a big... No people. <laughs> yeah, no big, vast landscapes, like detailed landscapes of mm-hmm. what... 1200s London or whatever this yeah. is, whatever this is supposed to take place in, um, but it's it, yeah it was just kind of generic buildings and col- and like solid colors mm-hmm. and, and that's it that's <laughs> the penny pinching in effect. However, I don't feel it hurt the movie. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, it, it, it felt right at home mm-hmm. with what we had already seen of the characters or just the type of world that we're in and yeah. kind of this off kilter 
kind of goofy world. Mm-hmm. Uh, not goofy. Uh, <laughs> no, that would just immediately have made there the movie better. Plenty of opportunities for the goofy yell in this movie. Oh, I know. It never happened. I'm surprised that when he was falling, or when uh, when when Arthur was falling as a squirrel from the tree, that there wasn't a goofy yell in <laughs> or there. Or the wolf. Or the wolf. I mean, t- why, why, uh, wolfy coyote <laughs> or I'm, wily wolf. <laughs> I'm actually a little sad. The wolf did not come back for a third time. This is another one of those moments, much like the uh, the the bird from oh, the Acuna bird. Uh, the Acuna bird from Three Caballeros. I'm very sad that there wasn't a third mo- like a third return <laughs> of the wolf. I felt like they were going somewhere with him, mm-hmm. and then he just you know he just floated off down the river in a log. <laughs> this, so sad. This movie follows vignette after vignette in in a a well constructed plot, mm-hmm. right? And it follows the classics hero's journey, the monomyth, but from the perspe- perspective of the mentor. True. It's Merlin's POV. Arthur is your protagonist. He's the one going on the journey, but it's Merlin's POV that you experience the story through. And that was so. It was. It, it that threw me for a little bit of a loop because, again, from what I knew of the movie and what I just know from a lot of movies, I went into this going, okay, so yeah, it's it's going to be a, a the, the the fairy godmother from Cinderella. It's going to be that type of situation yeah, with Merlin. Yeah. That oh, he'll be in it, mm-hmm. but he won't be the main character. It'll be the genie from Aladdin. It's that type right. of story. No, you no. know. But yeah, when I'm like, oh no, they just keep focusing on Merlin. For Merlin's most of the this. main character. Arthur's the protagonist. It's and so weird. It's a rarity. Often, you you the protagonist is the main character. That's just standard storytelling. Luke right. Skywalker is the protagonist and the main character. But if you look at something like Fury Road, Furiosa is the protagonist. True. Uh, even um, uh, Nick Nicholas Holt's character, he's got the biggest arc in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Max is the main character, but he's not the one on the journey. He's right. not the protagonist. He's just kind of the tag along that the audience is here with. Yeah. And, oh, we see this other main story kind of through his eyes instead. So following up 101 Dalmatians, which was a non-standard structured story. It didn't, it didn't particularly follow a very tropey beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. I feel... Sword in the Stone did something similar, that whoever was responsible for script creation, I know Bill Pete was the animator who wrote the script for, he he was the story guy behind 101 Dalmatians. I didn't catch the, the writer on this one. I think it's, I think Bill Pete's in there. Yeah, Bill oh. Pete wrote the story. Oh, there you go. Yep. So there you go. That's a, that's a, that's, it, it's something to think about there, that, that Bill Pete crafted these two stories. Bill Pete was the first biography I ever read in elementary school, probably about really? fourth grade. And he was this young animator who dreamed of working for Walt Disney Studios. And he and he made it by drawing Donald Duck over and over <laughs> and over again. He was in the assembly line. Okay. He wanted to be one of the creators, but he was just one of the monkeys just drawing <laughs> a freaking duck over and over and over again. And his first big step forward is he got to animate an entire sequence in Pinocchio that got cut. No one told him. He took his wife to the premiere and his scene never came. Oh, man. (laughs) That would just, I I would be so disappointed. I'd just be like, but where's my movie part? I swear I did it. (laughs) Honey, I I could describe you the entire film. But he went on to obviously continue work there, working on this, working on Sword of the Stone and and uh, 101 Dalmatians before that, but uh, well, that's sad. This is the last one he worked on. Yeah, he he left under bad circumstances. He was sick and tired of the Walt Disney process because, as we've discussed before, Disney would create competitions. He yep. would, he would pit his animators against each other. He was a wild man in his vision, much like I think we compared him to Steve Jobs. That mm-hmm. oftentimes you hear these horror stories about. Disney and Steve Jobs, they were monsters, but you cannot deny that they were important to yeah. culture and they knew how to bring the right people together mm-hmm. to make the best possible product. <laughs> even if they were buttheads. Even if they were buttheads <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're getting close to the end of not just the golden era, but the golden era ends with Disney leave dying, passing away. Right. And we're getting close there. Uh Winnie the Pooh and Jungle Book will be the last two films. That he was involved with, and then there's probably there's got to be a well there there must be and again I we're we're in that era of the films that I don't mm-hmm. I'm not very familiar with whatsoever yeah. so I'm predicting that there will be a, a slow taper off of the types of the quality of the films <laughs> because obviously there's stuff that's in production Correct. before yeah. he dies what, and what did he still have his approval on right or so, well, but t- then once t- we hit that. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's like, oh, then we're going to see this change. And I, TBD. This is going to be interesting. TBD. So you were talking about the story and kind of like the, the tone of this film. And I do want to bring up one thing that I like that there's there's very much so lessons that Merlin is trying, like life lessons that Merlin is trying to teach Arthur. Yeah. And I feel like in the same vein, trying to teach the kids that are watching this film. Right. Because there's definitely a high emphasis on, you know, magic cannot solve your life. Magic will not come along and be the cure to your life or save your life. Get yourself out of it. Yep. You have to get yourself out of it. You know, go, you know, go to school, read books, have an education, Mm -hmm. and then figure out what you want to do after that. And then use your head. Don't, you know, you can't wait for somebody else to tell you what to do, which I feel like is really what those three situations that Merlin puts Arthur into by putting him in, making him a fish. And he teaches him a little bit to get mm-hmm. him going, but then just take care of yourself. Figure figure out how to get out. Yeah, learn this. how to crawl before you can walk. Right. And his lessons of love. Yes. Which, let's go back to the squirrel part later. Oh, my God, the squirrel uh, part. The, as, uh, we're kind of jumping all over in terms of our structure of these shows. Yeah. But the lessons learned in this are, I noticed them more now than I ever did when I was little. Mm-hmm. This is a movie I've seen so many times. And as a kid, I loved the fact that he was a fish escaping that big, big fish and that he was a bird and that the, the squirrels are funny. But when you listen to the lyrics of the songs and mm-hmm. what Merlin's actually saying, you're right. There are genuine lessons there. Yeah. Even at the simplest of form, what's, what goes up must come down. For every two, there's a fro. For every left, there's a right. So right. All those very simple yet poignant ideas being <laughs> instructed upon this young legend in the making. Right. And it's so it's so... It's well done. Like, I mean, as an, as an adult watching it, you can, like, I, I, I picked up quickly. Like, okay, I see what they're trying to do with this one. They're <laughs> trying to make it more educational. They're, they're almost trying to take what earlier Disney films have kind of crafted in the sense of, you know, if you will, magic will come along and will help your life. Mm-hmm. They've taken that. And while there is still magic in it, and obviously Merlin does have a little bit of, does use a little bit of his power he on it. He says he'd it. cheat. Yep. He said he would. Uh, he's going to be a legend. Well, how's that going to happen? I'll cheat. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's even though that there is some of that, he is still dedicating it to there's lessons you have to learn here. You have to live your, you have to, you are, you are in control of your life. Don't let somebody, you're not going to let somebody else come along and mm-hmm. do it. And it's, 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 but it's still done in a well crafted way that it's not beating you over the head i feel right it's with that it's approach. sweet and it's clever yep. in its lessons that i didn't even think of them when i was a little kid but the the ideas of this movie stuck with me this was a movie i went back to a lot mm-hmm. and the the idea of king arthur always enthralled me the the once and future king the the hero king i all my legos were were robin the robin hood legos and the <laughs> and the knight legos because i just Wanted to be these. Wanted to be those two characters mm-hmm. before Superman and Batman. I wanted to be Arthur or or Robin Hood. <laughs> See, and I, I had a Chewbacca doll. <laughs> oh, let's. This let's is be all fair. fitting. Come I, on, <laughs> I can truly remember watching Star Wars when I was five years old for the for on TV on my TV in my living room before we moved to the house I grew up in, just as a little four or five year old and. For the first time, processing that his aunt and uncle had been burned alive—it's <laughs> <laughs> I can bad. I can clearly remember. That's a formidable moment <laughs> because it is locked into my memory. It's like your family just got killed. Your only surviving family yeah. that you know of <laughs> just got brutally murdered. So <laughs> I also want to be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So. That, well, let's back up to the, even just the beginning of this film. This mm-hmm. film falls back onto it, opens with a book. Yep. The physical book opening up. Because we're back to kind of that, tra- it, it's it's that traditional fairy tale-esque story. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not, a, it's not a princess this time, it's a future king. Yeah, it's a, but it's a legend. But it's a, a legend. A world-renowned, world-known yep. story. And so they return to the library, the book opening up, the narration uh, that, and that opening song was intense. Mm-hmm. Like it got really dramatic very quickly, and I I dug it. I really liked that opening song. Actually, I, it was just short enough that it got it, it got in and out. Mm-hmm. Right, it didn't. It would have been boring if had it had it mm-hmm. kept going. That would have as, as any longer, and, and it would be worth fast forwarding. As I'm like, kid. okay, fine, skip, <laughs> skip. But it gets all the exposition out of the way. Yes, <laughs> and, and it puts you right in the world that you need mm-hmm. to be in, and then boom, you're into meeting Merlin, uh, who just you you comparing him to like the genie and stuff like that. It's so interesting. It's so fascinating that even 
when this movie came out. So at this point, Disney has been around making movies for only 24 years. Like amazing. It's 20 think about that folks. So it's you you Disney is what it is now. Yep. But we're still in an era where they hadn't yet become that. Yeah. We're right. still in that area where they've had hits. They've popped. They their have face, a theme Their live park. action movies are doing great. Yep. Their, their TV, the wonderful world of Disney on TV, the theme park has been built. Like they're still, the, at this point in Disney history, he's Tyler Perry. <laughs> right? Only with a little less female clothing. Why isn't there a Tyler Perry land? That's what I wanted. But <laughs> what I'm saying is. Medea's big theme park. That's what it would be. Medea, sorry. Walt, Walt is a household name at this point. Right. But. but not in the fashion that we perceive Walt Disney Studios now. Right. Like it's still a brand. It's still. It's still. I twenty four years is still a young company. I right. mean, when you when you look at other like other studios in Hollywood at this point that have been around for 60, 70 years almost, and not seventy years, but like sixty, well, sixty five. Yeah, Paramount just in a few years ago got their hundredth anniversary. Yeah. So we're, we're the studio era exists. The the they were they were a. I don't know if fledgling is the right word, but they were com- trying to be a competitor. Right. And here they are failing with their animated um, advent- ad- adventures that they're trying to, pr- the, the pursuits that Walt has been having. Right. So t- only 24 years of, of only 24 feature years length of, animation. Yeah. Which is really crazy, especially when you think that, oh, yeah, there's only been 24 years. We've watched 18. Mm hmm. So it's like there's just like just I just did that math in my head. And I'm like, wow. So almost one a year for a while, like right? almost one a year. That's crazy. Now when it's like every five years, another mm-hmm. one comes out. <laughs> but uh, anyways, the point I was making was like I just I love Merlin's character because he is so. We've had comedic characters in the past. Mm-hmm. We've had you know lighthearted ones. We've had ones that have kind of like come close to breaking the fourth wall. But Merlin is the first one that really just full-blown is almost aware he's in a movie right like basically he's he's he is one step away from just turning to the audience and becoming deadpool and just acknowledging the audiences out there there's the one dig at the end where it's like movies it's like television but without commercials yeah. and you sit there going like oh that's totally you know you know that as a dig that because because this was still the era where tv was now more popular than than mm-hmm, movies mm-hmm. and it was the fear that Movies are ending yeah. because TVs are in every household yeah. now. It's why do people need to leave the house? Oh my gosh, movies are dead. <laughs> yeah, and it's you can tell that it's like it, that was that was a that was that was it had it was a filmmaker whether it was Disney Walt or whether it was Bill Pete or whoever, mm. but you could tell that that was somebody in the business going. It was winking at that. We're we're acknowledging <laughs> that this is a thing, and but yeah, like it was so it's so weird to see a character like Merlin be put in a movie like this for them to acknowledge that. This character is well aware of future and yeah. has no and, yeah. and, and is we like we're we're breaking this this quote unquote realistic tone by having a movie take place in the medieval age by having a character acknowledge airplanes and helicopters and Bermuda. television and Bermuda <laughs> you know and <laughs> this Merlin Merlin is one of the most fully realized characters we've we've seen in these eighteen movies mm-hmm. I I I would say Donald. Has an is an edge because Donald had existed for a couple decades before he ever was put on the the big screen in Three Caballeros and Saludos Amigos. Right, but he even he's just a one note. Merlin is a a deeper and fuller character than than a lot of the characters we've we've seen over the course of these eighteen films so far. Eighteen, right? That's seventeen. Yep. 18. Nope. This okay. was number eighteen. 18, right. <laughs> yes. 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 That's eighteen. Uh, I love Merlin as a character. He's a lot of fun to watch. And even when he gets angry and frustrated, he's still entertaining to yeah. watch. I still could not believe when he blasts off and is a rocket late earlier no in the film. to Bermuda. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> he's, he's gone? Like, and I was like waiting for him to come back and it'd be just a gag. Nope. I'm like, oh no, he got ticked off and flew to Bermuda. Like, uh, good okay. structure in the story there because he... he the first time he disappears, he says, when I'm gone, you don't know I'm really gone. <laughs> right? When he disappears to Sir Hector. Right. And and then when he disappears the second time, when, you know, get out of here. Poof. When the, when the woman tells him to leave, he comes yep. back later. When, uh, after the kitchen sequence, when he, he messed up the kitchen and got Ar- Arthur in trouble. Right. So then when this time, when he, when he actually leaves, mm-hmm. there's a moment where I'm like, oh, he's not actually gone. He'll come back. He's, he's still here. This right. was just him... You know, blowing off steam, 
And then he's actually gone. It's it was a it's a great script structure because if you think of it from mentor to mentee, the first time he left, he didn't leave. Mm-hmm. He just he was there to con- to be there for Arthur. The second time he left, so Arthur could face the consequences of something, but then came back to apologize. And the third time he left, he left Arthur alone. Yep. Use what you have learned to this point, and good. And Arthur got himself made king. <laughs> yeah. <And then laughs> I think Arthur did pretty back. well for himself. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and it's it's nice because that's another nice little life lesson. The whole idea that. There are people that are in our lives. This is getting super deep. No. Wow, this is crazy. <laughs> this is what happens when we're in the same room, TC. We get deep. But like, there's our, there are people in our lives, and those people will not always be in our lives. It doesn't matter how much they can teach you. You have to or prepare you for it. One day they will be gone, and you have to learn to sink deal, or swim, to, yep, fly, deal with yourself. You know, deal deal with life and take care of yourself. Yeah. And it's it's a nice little subtle life reference that yeah. I just. This movie is a lot deeper than it needed to be. It, Quick, let's talk about a funny so, line. Archimedes. <laughs> Archimedes Ar- is a fantastic Mer- Merlin character. and Archimedes are a fantastic married couple. <laughs> Those two old grumpy old men together yep. are just the best. They're, they're dynamic. It's so crazy because it's like they obviously are like, well, Merlin, I think, gets a kick out of Archimedes <laughs> yeah. being so <laughs> just being a grump. <laughs> but it's like Archimedes at any time could just leave. Yeah. But he doesn't. What? What? Who? Yeah. Who? What? What? <laughs> I'm not coming out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yet he sticks around because yep. they, they are. It's the R2-D2-C3PO yes. relationship. Yes. <laughs> where it's, they obviously are frustrated with each other, but at the end of the day, they would never leave each other. Because it's like, no, 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 you're my friend. We're, we're, you know, you go, I go type thing. This is loyal, not a... Loyal to, 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 to the living end. Yes. <laughs> Which, according to Merlin, probably won't be for another, like, 10,000 years mm-hmm. at the rate that he's going. He doesn't seem to age. Uh, I do want to point out one quick, my favorite line in this entire movie was near the beginning, because I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. I just, it's a slight tangent, but it's just, it made me laugh so much. And it was by Merlin, and it was uh, when the the dude with the mustache showed up to talk about the whole like whole tournament that's going to be in January. <laughs> but it's it's Merlin going like uh, what was it? It's uh, no sense waiting for the London Times. The first edition won't be out for another twelve hundred years. <laughs> he looks at his watch. Yeah. <laughs> I just I love I love time based humor. I also love gags like that. I also I, just, I love the fact that he did. He pulled out his it's watch what, to figure out how many years it was gonna be. It, it didn't strike me till just this moment. But something that I have done, I, I can remember doing it in high school. I've done it for years. Is whenever someone asks me what the date is, mm-hmm. I look at my watch. <laughs> and someone asked me uh, just just this past weekend. When 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 uh, when do you think some when do you uh, when was the last time you someone was somewhere and I did the watch gag? And yep. I wonder if I subconsciously <laughs> retained it from Merlin. Oh, the New York Times won't be out until twelve hundred years from now. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great little visual gag and visual humor. That's the other thing. With this movie, this movie does really well those tiny little bits, bits, yeah. and just. Like just the like again, it goes back to the way that they're animated, the way things are moving, the way things are just yeah. The, the sugar, the sugar menu. Oh the, yes. Sugar bowl. <laughs> oh man, it just keeps going. It go when when. <laughs> you know, no, 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 listen here, sugar bowl. You you stop picking on that teapot. It's been cracked enough. It's just it's, so, it's wordplay is really well done. Just the the dialogue is so well done. Mm-hmm. The animation is so well done, and it, it's such oh, a great little film. You had mentioned the depth of field and the multi oh, uh, the yes. multi pan animation that Disney is. Disney created essentially. I love that stuff to, so much. To great foregrounds out of out of focus. Yep. Uh, you you comment that was the comment I ignored you on. Where I was oh like, okay. I was like mm-hmm because <laughs> I figured you'd talk about it now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because like and that was during that whole sequence where it was also they were walking along the the the, the riverfront or the moat I guess at the edge of the moat and yeah. I'm I made a note I'm like <laughs> who puts a fish that big in the moat honestly. <laughs> But I, I love it because like they, I, I wrote it down. I'm like, yep, there's Disney doing their water again, like their their surface water, amazingly, and the the reflections of Merlin and mm-hmm. Arthur in the water. And actually, for one of the two shots, it's just focused on the reflection. It's not even on them above ground. And I'm like, and, and just those foreground elephant elements, those foreground elephants, those foreground elephants. Boy, whew, all those pink. Jeff elephants. was drinking while we were watching. Guys, <laughs> I've been drunk for 22 years. Big surprise, I know, right? No, um. <laughs> But like just the the those foreground elephant elephant damn it, now, it I'm not gonna be able to not say it so great the in in the water the the depth of field that it's so they're great. creating their animation is it's uh, it's 
it's interesting because they created it in panes of glass. Like mm-hmm. their their pain animation system was created in such that they could focus pull focus from one location to another. Which is such a genius idea. And I guess growing up, I never realized that that's how they did it. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that was how they 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 got that out of focus stuff. Because in my head. Like I knew it was drawn, but I honestly thought the animators knew Just how to draw stuff it. out of focus. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's insane, especially because they do rack focus on some of those mm-hmm. things. And I'm like, I don't understand how they do that. They are brilliant <laughs> geniuses. And then I see the device and I realize it's just like a 15 foot tall racks of glass right. that are separated in a way that they can rack focus. I could be, so brilliant. I could be wrong and we'll have to look when we get there, but I, I believe they reused those those that pain system for the princess and the frog when we get there. Ooh, that'd be so good to see. I, I noticed seen, the frog in this movie looked a lot like the frog from the princess did, and the frog. He did, yeah. Yep. And, and that, that probably was, I didn't even think of it until you just mentioned it. There's a very good chance that's the way because Madman Mim, when she pulls her hair and says "boo" as yep. the pig, Louis the alligator does, does the exact that. same thing in Princess and the Frog. Oh, see, so. now I'm really looking forward to those later movies <laughs> because now that we we're watching all of these, I can't wait till we get to those and then I go, oh, they're referencing, referencing this it. one. That's from that's from Sword of the Stone. That's from Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. That's obviously a Jungle Book reference. Like it's night, nice, because I, I know I feel like. When they did, and we're jumping ahead to the Princess and the Frog, but I feel like that when they did that, they made a comment. They were making a lot of, they were acknowledging their like hand or their oh, animation sure. past like with said, a lot the, of these characters. Uh, Doctor Facilier is it was Captain Hook was their reference for that mm-hmm. uh, for that his design to create that gangly movement that Doctor Facilier has. Uh, but uh, so we've we talked about the fish. Let's talk about the squirrel. Oh, that squirrel scene. So first off, I would say Candace and I quote the squirrel moment all the time, <laughs> and it's the uh, madam, mad, madam, <laughs> when the when he's bullhorn, the- like the dumpy, like ooh. <laughs> female squirrels squirrel. going after Merlin. Like, I, I'm a, I am, I am, I am not a man. I'm a squirrel. I mean, I am not a squirrel. I'm a boy. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm a man. man. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then when he does, you, you, you happy now? See, I'm an ugly, cranky, mean old man. <laughs> <laughs> she just goes, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I feel really bad, and like that's a scene, that that whole scene, especially with the one that was going after Arthur. Yes. I feel so bad for it because it's like Aww. there's no resolve for it. It's so sweet that Be- she, she like she loses him. She loses him, and she just goes up on top of the tree and just watches him go away and cries. And there's nothing. There's, they never come back to it. Yeah. It's never like Merlin. Turns her into a girl squirrel. I mean, I know that or, would push it. Turn, right, turn from uh, squirrel to uh, a woman. Yep, I know that would push it to push the storyline in a completely different direction because there. <laughs> you be, want it though? I want that. Yeah. Like when that ended, I'm like, no. Like I know this character, this female squirrel character that has no actual lines, yeah. but only has like <laughs> ten minutes of screen time. Oh man, when she grabs his hands and puts them back her on her nose, how sweet is that? I'm like, what? Is this? It's and so, I realize I have no love in my life. Oh no! It, it, it's it <laughs> is so sad. It's a t- it's a an oddly touching, sweet, sad moments that this lesson of love to Arthur that he he doesn't fully comprehend it. He mm-hmm. says, "I wish I could just explain it to her. I wish she understood, and she can't understand, and yep. and he can't make her understand. Intentional or not, is is such a, a beautiful lesson." About love. About love. And that- and, Mer- and Merlin even says it. They're walking away. It's a force. Even stronger than gravity. Some say it might be the, the strongest force of all. Like, that is so good. It's so well it, done. It makes my, ear, make my ears, it makes my <laughs> eyes water. <laughs> TC, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. If your ears start watering, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're leaking. Way, way to undercut the moment, TC. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I agree. That whole sequence was just, it, it, yeah, like the, the whole ability that... You know, you may not get the person that you want, you know, in love. And and sometimes you just, yeah, you just have to move on and find somebody else. And I'm sure that female squirrel found I'm sure two, she found someone. I'm sure found she, a very attractive squirrel. Yeah, yeah. And, she, uh, she, she deserved it. Or a chipmunk. It. She deserved it. A maybe, chipmunk. Maybe, maybe, maybe Chip, two of them. Chip. Or Dale. Dale right. You know. And she they, had her pick of the litter. <laughs> <laughs> Do squirrels have litters? I don't know. I don't know. That's a question. <laughs> if you know the answer to that question, please put it in the comment section below to this week's episode. Or you can tweet at Randy Bell. <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't want to know. Ah, uh, uh, great. I'm going to get a bunch of weird tweets now. Thanks, TC. <laughs> <laughs> so let's quickly talk about Madam Mim. Ah, um, mad, 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 Madam Mim. I 
she w- she threw me for a little bit of a loop mm-hmm. because first off, so we spent a lot, we spent a good chunk of time with the fish. Mm-hmm. And the lessons being learned there. And then we went to the squirrel. We spent a good chunk of time with the squirrel. Mm-hmm. And then he turns him into a bird. And I'm like, okay, so it's going to be another one like that. And then right. we're immediately given Madame Mim. Yeah, he, his lesson is the bird, kind of derivative of the running away from the marlin in the in the moat, right? Mm-hmm. The, the hawk comes. He then crash lands in Mim's. And, and just she's this disruptive force, so she yeah. literally disrupts the story yeah. by suddenly appearing and taking over for the story for the next ten <laughs> minutes, and then turning it into a wizard's duel. The wizard's and duel, like, I, like I'm watching it, and it was very entertaining. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't don't misunderstand me, but it was just like, wow, we're okay, we're doing this now. This is where we're at in the film. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm still entertained, but this is just. I wasn't expecting her because she had not been established prior to it. There was no even mention of a character like that. She potentially could be... No, you know what? I'm not going to say But she's not the beginning of this. But we've had this before where a character out of the blue appears Mm -hmm. and is gone and only has their one scene. The the fairy godmother. She's in and out. That's it. And we will have characters like that in the future if you want to look to Pixar's Brave. The Witch in the Forest. Oh, yeah. She's there and gone. Never to be mentioned again. So there is there is a precedent and a history of these forces of nature characters. Moana, recently, there's the crab that Jermaine Clement voices. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right? In and out. It's just in that one scene. Mm-hmm. No prior mentioning of him. Nothing, you know, nothing. Well, I mean, I guess there was a, a minuscule reference to him, but right. that's but why they went there in the first place. Mim coming in is this force of nature, if you want to keep pulling on the strings of lessons learned and, and there are people who are going to be like in your, yeah. like that in your life. Which is going to come out of nowhere <laughs> like, and disrupt your entire life. And and she immediately has some history in how Archimedes reacts to her. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, Mim! And he goes to get Merlin right away. I love when Merlin shows up and he's like, facing the wrong direction, his hat's down. Mim! 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Merlin! It's such a great... And then, oh, that whole scene's so great, and I love it because there's... Well, now we get a nice little recap of a ton of different animals that have previously kind of appear. Like, we get a, we get an alligator-like type character. Obviously, a pink elephant shows up, which mm-hmm. I kind of like. The dragon that is Maleficent, except yep. now purple with Mim's hair. Yep. <laughs> it was a great sequence, and I did notice that Mim tended to pick the more violent... Mm-hmm. larger characters yeah. or animals to, to turn into predators predators while uh while merlin was definitely was almost always defensive just like this like little <laughs> mouse you know was a little caterpillar the turtle was a turtle was when well, the crab was the like crab. the closest he came great gig scissor 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 <laughs> horn <laughs> and then the closest he came was the, the goat and i got i got a little excited because I'm like, oh, Mim got pushed into a tree pushed, and then death. fell to her death. <laughs> and then it was like a five foot drop into the lake. And then she turned into the dragon. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, took that trope off my list. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, there's not. And then that's that's another thing. There's not a real major villain in this film. No, no. She's the only antagonist. Right. And that's this film does feel very episodic. There's a lot of fade outs, yeah. which is a more classic style of, of storytelling in film. For like time has passed. Yeah, and when I see on. fade outs now in movies, they throw me for a loop. Unless mm-hmm. they are dramatically the end of a first act, end of the second act. That when you have a three act structure. A right. perfect example of that is the fade out in between Neo leaving the Matrix and entering the real world for the first time. And, and, and uh, Morpheus says, you know, welcome to the real world. Fade right. to black. That is like the most on the nose <laughs> end of the first act ever. Right. And this movie fade out, fades out a lot over the course of, of the story. It's chapters. The closest you come, I guess, to like there being an overall villain would be Arthur's stepdad and Sir stepbrother. Hector and, and, and Kay. Kay, right? Like those are the closest I feel like, but they're not even they're not bad. They're, like they're, they're just, just, you know, they're doing their thing. They're living. Man, man, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, until Mer- then when Merlin shows up and convinces uh, the dad that, Sir yeah, Sir Hector, that it's like, I, you know, when I go, like the whole, when I disappear, I may not actually be gone thing. He seems to be like terrified at that point. <laughs> and he's, Personality kind of shifts a little bit. Right. He, he's just, oh, good, careful, Kay. Yeah. He could curse the castle. <laughs> so it's it's it was so interesting to not have not have a villain mm-hmm. because even again, we'll just go at 101 Dalmatians. You had Cruella Deville. Cruella Deville was the villain, not a traditional villain from but what we no doubt about it. But and she was a force through the entire film. Mm-hmm. This movie, it feels more like life and the outside world in general 
could potentially be the villain because right. in each of those cases where he had a te- where Merlin was teaching Arthur something, there was other animals out there that were coming after him. There's right. other there's, people out there coming after him. There's all these individual antagonists. Right. You got the wolf, you got the hawk, you got Mim. You got Hector and Kay. Kay at the beginning bullying him. Right. Oh, I'm going to knock your block off there. Oh, what? <laughs> he, by the way, Kay had some very fascinating facial animations in that opening yeah, sequence. Yeah, his lips, like, just very weird. Always making good, like, squinty eyes, big bugged eyes, and, like, yeah. turning his head, and his mouth would kind of, like, delay a little bit when he was turning. Like, it's just so, <laughs> so fascinating of the animation style in that opening. But very, very well done characters. They had two, both of them had a great final moment and it's Hector kneels before Arthur and he says forgive me my boy Mm -hmm. he genuinely is asking this child he raised to uh, as if to say I'm sorry I was so rough on you right I I should please forgive me he's very redeemed yeah redeeming character and okay bow to your king and Kay bows and he he kind of lowers his head and looks looks up at Arthur and I feel I interpret that look on his face of, of, wow, <laughs> Wart is king, and right. not not mad, not jealous, not Gaston in the least, right? But just hey. a little like kind of like oh wow, like taken back, like right. that I wasn't expecting that to be right. What I, the outcome was going to be? I, I don't but. think Kay had the capacity to even think of what it meant that he might be king. He's like, sure, I'll be king, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? God. That's the last of a king that they would need for that country. <laughs> yeah, <big> oh. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> so was there anything I do want to point out? I, I And I had to look it up. I got a little excited. I'm kind of nearing the end of my notes here mm-hmm. for this episode. We've been doing pretty well so far for conversation. Right. Um, I do want to point out I got kind of excited because uh, uh, Blackbeard. So one of the guys at the very end, one of the people in oh, the crowds. Let the boy try. I'm like, that voice is very familiar. Okay. Why do I know that voice? It's the old Ravenscroft. So it's the guy who does the, the singing voice from for the Grinch. From the Grinch. Yeah, yep. you're a mean one. Yep, because I'm sitting there listening to it. I'm like, oh, there's that that deep bassy baritone esque voice. I'm like, that's in this era. It's the '60s. I'm like, that's gotta <laughs> be him. That's and, a, that's yep, so cool. That's him. <laughs> and obviously, also he one of the singing busts from the Haunted Mansion ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I had to look it up. I'm like, no, that's gotta be him. And yeah, it was, was him. That's I got that's very great. excited about that. Uh, I I have a question. Where the hell did all those dishes come from? I, how much, either, okay, either they never wash their dishes, Mm -hmm. and that's like a month's worth of, or two months worth of food Mm -hmm. and dirty dishes, or those two guys eat so (laughs) much food. I think, honestly, it's because they couldn't have a full cast. Yeah. Because they do mention the other squire. You're not the squire anymore. Uh, uh, I can't remember who, what the... Oh, the other... Yeah, the one that got like sick Hobbs, or something like that. Hobbs. Yeah, yeah. Hobbs is the squire. Hobbs has the mumps. <laughs> yeah, we never saw Hobbs. We never saw him. <laughs> so we can... I guess we can assume that there are a few more people living there. <laughs> it's not just them. It's just like, well, this is the only time we ever see them. Right. Is... is yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Oh, um, I, got a, I got a couple of little, little notes here. So uh, we... The setup of the sword at the beginning... And the return to the sword mm-hmm. was well done. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like when we finally do get to the sword, it feels appropriate. It doesn't feel out of the blue. Right. It's it's not forgotten. It's all about getting to the sword. And well, just from just a, another tip of my hat to the script that's getting back to that sword. That it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like uh, it didn't feel like. What do we miss something? Like wait, why are we or like. It, it wasn't necessary for them to keep returning to the sword throughout the entire We're going to get here. We're yeah. going to get here. It's like, we're don't here. worry. Yeah. We're just... well aware this movie's called The Sword and the Stone, and you haven't seen The Sword and or The Stone in the last 45 minutes. Don't worry. We were coming back to it. This was longer. This was you, longer. You had mentioned it. As this, we yep. have, we're entering this era of actual feature-length films. Yep. <laughs> it's so weird. And this is what I said when we finished watching the movie. I'm like, it's so weird. After all those package films mm-hmm. where it was 45 minutes, 40 minutes, and we were done. An hour, an maybe. An hour, maybe. And those were like the long ones. <laughs> that like Now that we're getting back into these One. hour and like hour 20, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going to keep getting longer, that it it's feels weird that it's such a long movie again. Right. Granted, we did, I think, I think Cinderella was longer or one of them, one of those, uh, right. one of the this more recent the, ones. They this were isn't the longer. first feature length. Right. This is it, more common now that they're getting longer and did longer. You, did you feel the length? Did this feel 
almost an hour and a half too. It did not. It didn't lull for no. no. Okay. No. It, it. There was a little bit when we when they finally were coming back to London, or they were coming back to the castle for the. Okay, it's winter now. We're actually gonna go and we're gonna do it. Right. There was a moment coming back from that where I'm like. Oh yeah, I forgot the sword. And the, okay, yes, this whole competition, the whole let's reason this for up. this. Yeah, like okay, <laughs> let's go. Like there was a moment there, but but after that moment, and once they went to London, the the last like ten minutes just flies by. It's uh, it wraps up real quick too. Yeah, we're back to that again. Yep. the abrupt ending where it's like, oh, yep, sword and stone. He's the king. Forgive me. What's, what? What have we watched? Any have any of these movies had? Uh, the I think one hundred one Dalmatian had a pretty non abrupt ending, mm-hmm. right? But if if you think some of the previous ones we've watched, they just they just end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that was sudden. <laughs> I would say probably 101 Dalmatians and maybe Lady and the Tramp are Lady the two Tramp. that don't really have an a, like a fully abrupt. Yeah, yeah. Because even Cinderella would be one that was like, oh, the, you know, they she she fits the glass liver. Oh, they're married and they're gone and done. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that was like a two minute wrap up <laughs> for that entire storyline. And yeah, but I feel like Lady and the Tramp might be one of the other ones that doesn't have that as abrupt ending. But yeah, Cinderella does. Sleeping Beauty does. <laughs> they just they just end. They're just like, well, yeah, happy ending. Bye. Bye. Which is fine. It, it's 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 it said what it needed to say. However, I will say, despite the majority, we'll say ninety eight percent of all the Disney movies ever created, mm-hmm. don't need a sequel. Stop making sequels. Yes, we do not strictly. need more sequels, please. I have wished since I was quite young that there was a sequel to Sword in the Stone. I I wish this was a trilogy. The the once in Future King, mm-hmm. then give me King Arthur, and then and the Knights of the Round Table, and and just give me three. There could I would love to see Merlin three times. Oh I'd yeah, love to see Arthur the young boy, the young man, and the king. This would have been a great film if to to go that route and to do those those do that as a trilogy mm-hmm. to do one every decade. Yes. Oh, certainly. You know, like okay, like don't do them right away. Don't no, no. don't don't do today's method of where if it's popular, Milk bust it. out a sequel right now. Mm-hmm. It's like no, no, you do one now, or you do so they did one in sixty three. Mm-hmm. It'd have been cool if they would have done King Arthur in the mid seventies. Yes. Where now? Oh, and then in the nineties. Yep. Like skip the eight and like in the night during the the Renaissance. Yep. Have a third sword. Have the stone. a third sword. In the stone. Film. I would have loved that. Like it would have, I, and because I, I feel like then you get that whole, you get what you get what Star Wars is doing now, where you get the generations of mm-hmm. people, yes. who are now like when Star Wars originally came out in the late seventies, early eighties. Well, when the prequels came out twenty years later, those people who saw the originals were bringing their kids. Now that the new trilogy is coming out almost 15 years later now you potentially have those kids mm-hmm. growing up they're now adults and some could be bringing their children to to see the next generation like it's a generational film yeah. sword in the stone could have become a generational film i i wish i wish i don't know if uh in if that now- alternate dimension tc yeah. where there are <laughs> where where you are always out here and this is the one episode that we're not recording together yes <laughs> there in is some a- alternate dimension i'm anticipating <laughs> king arthur or, or just arthur arthur right <laughs> The, the 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 holy grail. I don't know if if they could if they could do it though because having the twelve year old Arthur, it's it's accessible to kids. It, it, right. To Disneyfy the Knights of the Round Table, the Holy Grail, like that. I don't know. Maybe it's it shouldn't be done because how could you Disneyfy it? Right? I that's some of the complaints of Hercules and Hunchback and Notre Dame. Like those. Why did you make Disney versions of these? Right. Says some people. Says some people. <laughs> Will not be us people no. when we get to those movies. When we get there. <laughs> so, um, is there any other thoughts you had regarding the film? Uh, no. By, oh, uh, no, 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 I don't. I, so, I, we can we can move on. I think we've said, yes, that this is... I, yeah, did you like this movie? Yes. I I really do like this movie. It's it it's very a formidable film for me, as I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. It's, it's stuck with me to this day. I still quote it. It's... it's uh, it's it's tough to to separate nostalgia, I know, but uh-huh. this trying to be critical of it, it hits a lot of wonderful things that that uh, it fits into Disney's mold of one for the girls, one for the boys. I guess because yep. <laughs> yep. we eh, Hundred One Dalmatians isn't isn't specifically for girls. Is that what I'm saying? But it's this is definitely a little boys a, a film for a little little boy to to like and love and, and fantasize about being a wizard or a, a young knight. Right. 
Because it's yeah, because he even has a little boy that pushes himself away from girls. So yeah. it's very much so that I wish young you could age, understand me. <laughs> young age, you know, and just yeah, wanting to be a king or not, you know, wanting to be in charge, be a king, being a knight, fight. <laughs> so cool. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I, I yeah. enjoyed it as well, and I feel like it's. And I'm gonna wrap my answer of whether I liked it into my answer. Uh, for my next question real mm-hmm. quick which was would you show this to kids I would and yes. yeah I'm like I, it's definitely there's not a thing in this movie that I'm, is I am sad that you didn't see it as a kid I kind of wish I had I don't I don't know why again this is that era of movies that we just never had access to yeah. I don't know if these were like part of that era that just weren't always released on video on or... video because that's how I watched most of my Disney movies mm-hmm. except for the ones that I hold dear to my heart which is Aladdin <laughs> and Beauty and the Beast because right, right. those are the ones I did see in theaters and my my grandfather taped this on vhs off the off the disney channel i think Mm -hmm. and whenever we went over there and he was in charge of us he just said hey we're watching sword in the stone (laughs) (laughs) i do feel like this is this is a great film for 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 kids and it's it's a good film for both boys and girls i don't see it you know like while you said this this is more a film for boys girls can still learn something from it because of all those life lessons we discussed that Merlin's trying to teach there still is a general life lesson to be taught and to be learned from this film Uh, it's just it's definitely not scary there's not there's absolutely nothing about this film that's inappropriate for children and I really enjoyed it it was (laughs) it was a lot more fun than I uh than I expected it to be. Yay, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, <laughs> but the question is, how much did you like it <gasps> in all the movies we've watched dirty, in dirty this man. round of films? Where do you rank the sword in the stone? So this was a tough one. This was a very tough one. Now, I ranked it before we started recording. Mm, oh, okay. I have not changed it. Mm, okay. Uh, despite everything that we talked about. It's... um. I did, however, <laughs> I forgot to update the list on the Facebook page. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's updated <laughs> now. Uh, but... Uh, um, it is, it's, it was tough, but Sword in the Stone is my number three. Okay. So you put it above 101 Dalmatians, yes. below Lady and the Tramp. Below Lady and the Tramp, because I still, I'm a sucker for a love story. Mm-hmm. I really am. And the Lady and the Tramp still was just so beautifully animated just across the board. I loved that movie so much. Never thought I would love a movie like that. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, once again the cultural impact of Lady and the Tramp's spaghetti scene. Yep, uh, but you're leaving Cinderella number one. I'm leaving Cinderella at number one, it. which it's 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 tough because I could argue like Lady and the Tramp and Cinderella are tied, tied for yeah, first yeah. more or less, like they could be <laughs> interchangeable. But uh, yeah, I'm still leaving. I'm still leaving Cinderella at number one, and I'm gonna say number three for this film, just because. Uh, yeah, it's it was well done. It was well entertaining. I liked the message it was trying to teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely different from what we've seen previously. Again, mm-hmm. going back to Merlin's type of character, how he you know how he addressed just his humor, what he what he did, why he did it. The fact that there was a non traditional story was kind of a fun change too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just it was and it all was in a eighty minute film. So you made it number three. <laughs> made it number three. Okay. So re listening to our episode last uh, from last week, our hundred one Dalmatian episode. I I started to question my ranking of 101 Dalmatians. I, I made it my number three. Yes. And listening to our praise of it and, and continuing to think about it, I, I started to question if I should have put it higher. Do you want to change no, it? No, I, I, don't, I don't want to change it because <laughs> when I after thinking that and, and then thinking further on it, I, th- I realized my reasoning for leaving Lady the Tramp number one and leaving Cinderella number two is appropriate. It's, there's still the cultural significance of those movies, the 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 animation, the voice acting of Lady and the Tramp keeps it in the number one slot for me, and Cinderella being the epitome of Disney princesses is mm-hmm. going to keep it number two. So Sword in the Stone, even if it's just nostalgia bumping into it, is also my number three. <laughs> <laughs> we will never break. We'll somebody. never break it. We'll never break it. I I really do like this movie. It was really good. For as much as I praised 101 Dalmatians last week, it's it's in watching it and being charmed by it and then walking away from it and mm-hmm. not forgetting it per se, but just, okay, that was fun fun and being engrossed in it here and now, and then I forget about it. Right. Sword in the Stone obviously is an important film to me, as I've stated more than once in this <laughs> recording. So I, I'm putting it number three, but I'm not going to let nostalgia 
put it at number one. You're not going to pull a three caballeros? Yes, <laughs> as you did in the first first volume. Oh, of, silly of me. <laughs> Letting nostalgia get the best of me. So I'm Though not, that's going to be damn hard when we have Beauty and the Beast. I'm oh, not going to lie yeah, to you. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's 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 our awesome. ranking once again. We're, we still have the exact same list except yep. for our one so and two. Except for our one and two, which <laughs> is... We will have to have them fight because we are, we're on... This is episode... This is our... 11, 12, 35. What is this, number seven? Seven, yep. Okay. So we have three more. Yeah. And then we have our, we have a, the, the end no, of our is, this second. Is eight. This is 18. This is 18. 18. So we have two more. Oh, that's true. Because we did one through 10. Yeah. And this is now it's 11 through 20. Right. That's yeah. right. So yes. we're, we're, we'll see what these last two films do. Silly. Which I can't remember which two it is, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that when we say we'll know about that week. shortly. If, uh, if for those of you listening, obviously we, we love when you guys comment on the Facebook page. You can go to facebook.com slash top shelf pod and, mm-hmm. and find the thread for this episode and you know let us know what you think or just comment on the page in general and you can always engage us on twitter at random bell for jeff mm-hmm. and tc's big head for me uh, i did have someone tweet at me and i forgot i didn't write it down but he tweeted again it's someone who tweeted before okay i'm, I'm sorry i'm forgetting I'll, I'll 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 mention you on facebook 101 dalmatians ends with a christmas tree and decorations <sighs> being put up so does that make it a Christmas movie? It's a Christmas movie, isn't it? Because <laughs> Lady and the Tramp begins and ends on Christmas. <laughs> you know? I can't I'm sorry I can't remember who that was, but You know, I you know, it's just as much a Christmas movie as Die Hard is. <laughs> so yes. We have a new Christmas movie to contribute yeah. to, to our list. <laughs> so that being said, I do have a little fun thing I did this week. I yes. threw it up on the Facebook page for those of you who might have seen it, which quite a few because we had over two hundred and twelve votes. Which is awesome, by the uh, way. Yeah, so I thank, went on to look you. myself, and I was like, Ooh, "What is this?" Thank you, everyone, for <laughs> for for participating in this. I put I, I'm um, Bracketify is a a bracket tournament style bracket website you can just create brackets for. Uh, FantasyMovieLeague.com uses it all the time for their subject matters like best action heroine or best scary movie, Christmas movie, so on and so forth. So I made a volume one. Now you had to have 16 slots. So I just took our first 16 films in the Disney Animation Studios library. I put it out there. I randomized who would go head to head, which which was great because I didn't want to have to decide who seated where. Right. <laughs> I'm loading it right now on my okay. end. I okay. want to look at this too. <laughs> and so we we had the we had the brackets now. Um, if I, I don't want to draw this out too much, so I could just say who the winner is, but I, I just want to say who the original brackets were, which you have right in front of you, so yep. you can say. Oh, you yeah. want to say who like who the original brackets? Well, were? Like the the original. Well, no, we who was going head to head? I oh, guess yeah. it's like we had Fantasia versus Make Mine Music, uh, Saludos Amigos versus Dumbo, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Pan versus Alice in Wonderland. Three Caballeros versus Pinocchio. Bambi versus Cinderella. Uh, oh, sorry. I missed one. Snow White versus Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, Lady and the Tramp versus Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And then Melody Time versus Fun and Fancy Free. Well, that's a two comparison. <laughs> some And some of those matchings, it was apt. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I might have put Bambi against Dumbo just to be the two animal movies. But yeah. that's the fun of the randomness there. <laughs> but uh, I was... I was pleasantly surprised by the the final results here. So with 212 votes, the the final results, the the movie you listeners picked in our first 16 films mm-hmm. as your favorite film, surprisingly, is Fantasia. Fantasia. Yeah, that was not what I would have expected at all. I was not all. expecting that at all, but but it's crazy because it came down to it came down to uh, Fantasia. Well, the the four came down to was Fantasia versus Peter Pan, Lady the Tramp versus Snow White, and then it was Snow White versus Fantasia. Yeah, like okay, it just <laughs> you. I mean, you listen to the movies that we like. Obviously, we have different opinions. I'm very upset. Cinderella got knocked out like the first round, <laughs> apparently, by a lot of people. <laughs> it was it was it was funny to me because I checked it about halfway through the week and Pinocchio was leading. Which made me happy because that's our number one for volume for the first ten movies. That's true. So I was like, "All right, we're not wrong here." But uh, Pinocchio ended up coming in fifth. Lady and the Tramp is fourth. Peter Pan is third. Snow White was second with twenty some uh, some unfiled votes, and uh, and Fantasia won. So crazy. This is a really cool idea, and I think we need to do this again. Yeah. So when volume two rolls around, so we'll hit movie thirty-two. Yep. Whatever that might be. I, I'll do another bracket system, and and we'll have 
I have another one of these in the future. So check out the Facebook page. You can see this. Uh, the, the voting is now closed. So thank you for those who participated. That's yeah. really fun to, to know that we had that many people. 212 so. people were voting on that one. That's <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you yeah. very much for doing that. So vo- volume two will, will be sometime in the future. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, so real quick, and oh crap, I closed my notes. No, no. I closed my notes, guys. No. Oh, no. Well, what do we do? Oh, no. Do we just talk? The end of everything. <laughs> um, I was just going to get up the next week's movie. Yes, uh, was what, there, is, what is next? If there was anything else that you had to talk about. Uh, no. Was no. there anything? Nothing? Okay. So, sorry. I My list my <laughs> list went away. This is so unprofessional. This is the first time this has happened. Well, I suppose if there is anyone who's listened to this point, and this was your first episode, thank you for listening. You can always go to the Facebook page, like I mentioned, and as I said before, you can tweet at me at TC's Big Head. I'm also on Instagram. You can get on Instagram and Twitter for at Jeff at Random Bell. Yep. You can also hit up the ghosthead.net if you want to see some of the other content that Jeff has created. Um, you can also link to some of my stuff through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, th- we thank everyone for, for engaging with us and participating in this podcast because it's it's better, it's it, it, it's validating to know people are listening, right? <laughs> it's so good, especially right like when we started after like the first couple episodes. I'm like, oh, great. People do legitimately want to hear us yes. talking about this stuff because we would have kept going. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, but oh, it's I, nice I, to have. I told you, Jeff, yes. if you do a Google search for Disney Animation Studios Library, mm-hmm. we're the fourth image that comes of the fourth hit that comes up on google which you said that that might mean making us the official disney podcast and i said or getting a cease and desist we can we can frame <laughs> we can frame because you know what if i got a cease and desist from disney that oh, sucker goes right on the wall right up on the wall and i will i will put that right under my fbi warning and right next to my disney <laughs> i don't have an fbi warning not me so next week so this week we watched uh yeah sword of the stone and next week we're skipping our, about four our, years in advance. Our 19th film. Our 19th film, which is, God, oh, it's so crazy that we've done eight, 18 of these already, which, mm-hmm. wow, where's time going? Where's the last six months going, TC? I don't know. Oh, we were younger old. men back then. We were younger men. We were also many miles apart. <laughs> now we're closer. Now I'm sitting in your lap. I know, it's weird. I, I, the entire episode, you've yeah. been, you've been, I've been big spooning you. Yeah, there's nothing weird about that. Not at all. There you go. You're surprised that you could hear me over your shoulder. It's true. So <laughs> next week's movie is uh, is the 1967 The Jungle Book. Ah, here we go. So this is Ben Toe, my fellow co-host from another, my other podcast, The Rewatchman. This is his favorite. And this will be the first time I will have completed The Jungle Book. Ah, yes, that's right. You've never finished it. I've never finished the story. I think we've brought that up on the podcast. At least, I know you've brought up at least... Off mic. Yes. So, well, if if one way or another, I will retell the story next mm-hmm, week mm-hmm. in my in with my personal connection to the Jungle Book. Right. So this is the animated Jungle yes. Book, not the, the not the most CG. recent John Favreau ninety five percent CG. Yeah. Christopher Walken voiced movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so for those of you who might have a hold got have a, a copy of Jungle Book, or if yep. you can find it streaming, please give it a watch, and you will see the post for it next week. We'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that, but. I think that's it. That's it. I think once a, once again, and we're we're under what we normally. It's because we don't have the delay. It's yeah, because because <laughs> see right here, this is where it proves the delay adds ten minutes to our episodes <laughs> <laughs> while we're trying to wait for the other one to start or stop talking. Fantastic! It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to record the next twelve episodes right before, now. Before right now, before I leave, we're just going to start watching movies <laughs> and recording them all <laughs> and post date them all into the future. No, that's a lie. <laughs> next week you'll be back home. Yeah, and we'll be back to our normal delayed self. So. I don't think anyone notices. <laughs> Nobody will notice. Except when there's those odd pauses for no reason. <laughs> we do that now when you're in the same room, though. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again next week. Jeff, why don't you sign us off? <gasps> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you threw me under the bus. I had no idea what to oh, do. Oh, man. Just just right just, under it. I, just ran right over. I am roadkill now. <laughs> <laughs> you dragged me for 19 and a half blocks. It was horrible. Uh, yeah, it got dark at the end. It's, you know, it's, it's Disney. That got dark at the end. Yeah. That should be the sign off. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.